Hello and welcome to the Potters Podcast and Nathan, what is the score? After a great week against Blackpool midweek, we then followed that up by destroying Nathan Jones' team in a nicely fought 1-0 win on both games. Me and Ange are going to cover that, we're also going to discuss why Ange isn't a fan of the ponytail one, Ben Wilmot. Need to know why, I think he's brilliant, I don't get what... The problem is, we're obviously going to talk about the ladies, we're going to talk about many other things. And everybody who put a comment in on iTunes, giving us a five-star review, thank you so much. It means a lot to me, and might do to Ange, but probably not so much. So, hello Ange, how are you feeling today after the great week we've had? I'm on cloud 11. Cloud 11? Yeah. Sounds good, that does. Well, well, it's better than nine, and I just thought, given that we'd uh, got... Seven points from a week where we looked at one point where we might not get any out of nine. I just thought we'd go on cloud eleven tonight. Very good news, but I tell you what, we've had a lot of luck this week, and we've always said in the past that Stoke have always been an unlucky team. But this week we've had a lot of blessed. There's, there's somebody looking down on us this week, isn't there? We haven't had a great deal of luck, as, you, as you've said. But uh, yesterday we had a bit when they slammed one against the the crossbar, that header. I couldn't believe our luck there, and. I just thought we deserved it, to be honest. We've had no luck, and then you go and you get a good bit of luck. And I've said all the season long that I think we'll make the playoffs, and I really do. Well, let's hope. I'm getting a bit more optimistic, but we'll see how it goes. Right, so we're going to the first. Well, before we go into the player ratings, we'll have a quick talk about the Blackpool game. I know nothing about this, by the way, apart from checking, you know, the internet for scores because I was at work. So, just tell us what the game was like, Ange, because I know we won one nil. It wasn't a brilliant game. The first half was pretty scrappy, but I, I do actually think Stoke were the best team in the second half. And the one thing that I will remember the match for was the absolutely outstanding support that our fans gave us. I mean, listen, Blackpool fans were very good. The stadium's improved greatly since I last saw it. But for me, Stephen Fletcher showed all the qualities that we knew he'd got, but he was on for 90 minutes and he was outstanding. It was an absolutely outstanding performance by Fletcher. Still deserved to win, in my opinion, on the second half performance. And they won, and we came back. The nicest touch of all was that the tower was lit in red and white, or the colours were there, but we never looked at them. We just looked at the red and white ones. And we got three points, so it was it was great. You know, they fashioned out a, a win that they needed. Um, there were a lot of bookings. We had five bookings, and that was a bit of a, a problem. But look... We had a few more bookings yesterday. The three points were very, very welcome. And, and they you just knew that they were going to grind out at least a draw. They were all determined after Saturday, after the Cardiff game, to do well. So that was good. And then, of course, we carried on when we went to play what has now been called the Nathan Jones Derby, which I just find incredibly funny. He didn't get a great reception from the Stoke fans. They were telling him what to do with the, the diamond formation. I'm sure you can work out the words for that. Um, they were telling him to put it in an orifice where the sun didn't shine, and uh, I don't think he liked it. Uh, yeah, you could clearly see that, which we'll go on after the player ratings. Did you stop over, Hans? Did you get yourself in a cheap motel and get yourself out on the town? In Luton? No, not Luton. <laughs> Stop over at Luton. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they're all cheap motels. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear God, I'll pay when I stayed over no, in Luton. Um, I, was, I was with the likes of 
Lee Brakeman and um, Nigel Johnson. And if I have any complaint, they promised we'd go. I said if we won, we have to go and do the lights. And Lee Blakeman deliberately decided we weren't going to do the lights, and I was really upset about that. We didn't even get to Harry Ramsden's. So oh. from, from, the, from the, my point of view, it wasn't the greatest night out, and I'm going to drive the next time we go to Blackpool. That's just poor sportsmanship. Is she from Bolton? <laughs> or was he from Fleetwood but anyway no, I think Fleetwood <laughs> right so now we'll go into the player ratings for obviously the Luton game because obviously we found out he didn't stop over <laughs> I think it'd be strange if you did <laughs> go into it right so we'll go first in with Joe Berzik now Joe Berzik I thought he made a really good save near the beginning which was excellent. And in the second half, he's got a bit about him, Joe Berzik, as well as being a good goalkeeper, he plays to the crowd. And obviously they were having a go. I mean, John Moss was the referee and he booked Danny Bart, who we'll come on to in a bit, for time-wasting on the 46th minute. Now, you're not going to be time-wasting on the 46th minute. He was taking a free kick. But Joe Berzik did start as the clock was run down from about 80 minutes. He started going from one side to the other to take the take the goal kicks. And the best bit was, and this is why he's getting an eight off me, the best bit was he suddenly developed a really serious leg injury that lasted about two minutes when there was clearly nothing up with him. So I, I'm going to give him an eight just for the ability to wind up the Luton fans. And he, he was competent. He didn't have a lot to do, to be honest, apart from that one save. But he gets an eight from me. Well, he's getting a 20 from me for putting his fist up the other day. <laughs> the crap. No, seriously, he's getting a 7. I thought it was the first time he didn't look shaky for a while. I thought it was a good, solid performance from Berzik. And I'm liking him. He's, he's, he's a bit of a character, into which is what I'm liking about him. Yeah, I think yeah. I think he'll do well at Stoke. Yeah, especially a goalkeeper. Normally the mental, aren't they? Let's be honest, all of them are. But um, he did well. He made a couple of good saves. I think he'd come out off his line well for that chance that somehow Blackpool decided to pass to him. He must have thought he was offside. I don't know what was going on with that chance in the first half. But I thought he did well. He made a couple of good saves, if you said. And he looked more stable. He didn't look like he was nervous like he was the last couple of games. So, yeah, I'll go with a good seven for that. Good. It was a good performance. That's a really nice score for you. I know it is. It's quite good for me. But the, yeah, you have know, you been drinking? No, I don't, you know, I don't drink. Ah, right. So, going to now to Tommy Smith. Now, Tommy Smith was more than his normal competent self. He, he you know, he, he, he's competent in his defending and he keeps getting up and down the pitch. There were a couple of times when I felt we could have released the ball to him a bit sooner to give him a little bit more of a chance. But he did everything he had to do properly and he's getting a seven off me. Uh, I'll go in with a six actually for Tommy Smith. Um, uh, they're going to get lower. By the time we get up front to Jacob Brown, you're going to be down to the ones. Oh, no, not for Jacob Brown. Not, not for our new Scottish legend. From Barnsley. <laughs> to be honest, Tommy Smith did well. I thought it was a good doggy performance. He, he did Are you his job. Him a six? Yeah, I'm giving him a six because he, he didn't really do a lot else other than run around for me. Uh, a couple of good tackles and stuff like that. But yeah, for me, we can sit there and say, like, you should have got the ball to him more. But let's be honest, there's a couple of times where he could have made good runs and he didn't. I think he was a bit too stuck in the my ear. I think but getting the right positions enough for me against Luton. And I think if he, if he had done, he might have had a more, bit more of an impact, but he did nothing wrong, which is why he gets above average, and that's okay. why he's done well. Right, so we're moving to the man that we wanted to drop last week, Josh Tymon. I was amazed Josh Tymon started. I didn't think he, 
he had a great game. I thought he was adequate. He ran about a lot. I still don't think he takes people on as much as he should. But he will get extra applause from me, not extra marks, for the way he handled himself after the final whistle. I thought he showed a certain amount of class when a little, let's just say, minor altercation took place, which I know we'll come to later. But for me, he's getting a six. Uh, I'll give him a five, um, Josh Tymon. I thought he was pretty average again. I don't know why he keeps playing him, <laughs> to, to be honest. Defensively, we know he's weak. A couple of chances, and then we know what we're going to talk about a bit later with the incident. But I just he, do, he doesn't do enough for me. And it was still still play. I was looking at it because I was watching the game, obviously, on the tally. I was going, come on, Josh, come on. Get something, <laughs> come on. Let's do yeah, something. He did say to me, actually, he was coming on the, off the pitch at the very end. He says, who's this bloke that keeps shouting, come on to me? Let's <laughs> move, come on. <laughs> let's, get some, let's get some running done. I'm not a big fan, to be honest, and I want to see Doherty as soon as possible for me, because I think he'll bring more to the team. I know I'm not the manager, but I want to see what he can do. And that's all I'll go on with Josh Tarman, because I'm not a giant fan. Right, so we'll move into Leo Ostergaard. I forgot his name there. I nearly called him Odegaard, the Arsenal midfielder. Uh, Ostergaard, what did you think? Well, I thought, well, before we start, I didn't think he'd play him right from the start. I didn't think he'd play Ben Wilmot, because... Uh, however tired a time Ben Wilmot had and he, you know, uh, in the last match I, I still think Wilmot's a, a slightly better player but it, for the circumstances Stoke were playing and they wanted somebody that would just get stuck in and inside the first two minutes he was ripping a bloke's shirt off his back and proving that he was not going to be any pushover and, you know, he's, he's just a solid, hard-working, aggressive fullback, and he, he got the job done he did his customary let's get all the fans going over the top when we scored and I thought he had a decent game so he's getting a seven from me Hey, I'll go on for seven as well actually for Ostergaard I thought he's because he hasn't played you know really properly for a while I thought he was going to be a bit rusty but he didn't look rusty at all I liked I liked his over exaggeration with the defending he was really up for it you could see he was he was trying to impress and I liked him at the end when he went over to the fans he was giving us all I think it was him who was trying to drag him all across yeah, it was, yeah. and I, I thought he was really good performance to be honest against Luton and I, I'd like to see him back I was going to give him a two for, for Will Mott being dropped for him, but, you know, at the end of the day, I thought he put a really good performance in, and he was very determined as well, and yeah. hopefully that continues, because you know what our defence is like, it's been a bit rocky over the last couple of weeks, but the last two games it's been good, and he's a big part of that, so I'll go on with a good, a good score for him. Right, so now we're moving to Harry Suter. Harry Suter, I thought, was adequate. Um, he didn't have one of his great games, but he can pick a pass as a central defender. He can't off clear the ball well instead of just wellying it up the pitch. That is a technical term, by the way, to welly the ball out of defence. I thought he was adequate. I'm giving him a seven. Hey, I'm going to give him an eight, actually, to be honest. Harry Suter, I thought he was really good yesterday. Okay. Uh, from what I was watching, he looked like he, he dealt with everything. He, he sort of looked like he was guiding a lot as well sort of telling the other defenders where yeah, he was speaking a lot, he, yeah. he was he was doing a lot of talking which is what I like um, when, when a centre back does it you know you should be guiding him around and, and as you say he's, the way he passes the ball it was fantastic yesterday he was getting everything moving and I was a big fan of it and, and hopefully he can continue with Danny back coming in he looks a bit more assured a bit more confident because he's got some of the experience next to him we might have a, a defence that finally could be the right one so I'll go on with an eight and next, we'll move into the man, Danny Bat. Now, Danny Bat, that was his 100th appearance for Stoke. And when he played against Blackpool, which we all felt he would, 
to steady the defence. When, when he played against Blackpool, I thought he it was quite clear from the from the kickoff he was talking to people, and yesterday he carried on that. And whatever you think about Danny Bards, although I do think it cha- just changes the shape of of that back three a little bit, and not not for the better. But he's no nonsense. He gets on with it, and when you've got Ari Suter doing nice passes from the middle of the defence, you've got. Danny Bart just getting rid when you're under pressure he just gets rid and you know his game management was absolutely outstanding yesterday I mean apart from getting booked in the 46 minute for moving a ball two yards and then setting it up to take a free kick um, I thought he was really really good and uh, I'm going to give him a 7-2 uh, I'm going to go for 7 as well I thought Danny Bart was good um, I like his new nonsense. I like how he's, he's sort of a, he's become a bit of a sweeper in this new system, anti behind yeah. behind the Ostergaard and Harry Suter. And I thought yesterday he, he's been what we've been missing, somebody with a bit of blood and thunder who's going to go through yeah. him like he, he doesn't care. And that's that's yeah. what we needed at times because we were too soft before the Definitely. Blackpool game. He's, he's got rid of a bit of, of, bit of the soft underbelly. And he, he's come in and gone, right, I'll, I'll take it on. And, and he's been, he played really well yesterday. And he's yeah. somebody we've definitely been missing. And yeah, yeah he's, he's going to get a good seven from me and let's hope he, this defending continues. Right. Right, so now we'll move into, for me, player of the match, uh, not player of the match this week, but player of the match against Blackpool, which was Joe Allen. Yeah, well, Joe Allen obviously um, had too much candy floss then at Blackpool because I thought he did a, a few, not just one, a few loose passes that um, he, that left a lot to be desired. And I didn't think he had one of his better games uh, yesterday. So I'm giving him a six. A six, eh? Yeah. Oof. Now we know you don't like now. It's because Ben Wilmot's not playing. <laughs> Right, so we're going to... You're giving me a bad name, you are, you know. I don't need it, I can get it myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, Joe Allen, if I was going to go with Blackpool, I would have given him an 8 or a 9, but yesterday I'd, I'm probably going to go in with an arse 5. Um, I didn't think he brought anything to the table. I think it was the sub was overdue, in my opinion, when he went off, because he, he, didn't, he didn't do anything for me. He, yeah, he made a lot of passes, because I think he did make the most passes in the game, but there were also people next to him. I.e. Thompson, yes, who was standing exactly. two yards his, away his from him. His passing's poor. His passing anything other than a, a five-yard radius, I don't think it's very good. No, and, and but he's got a difficult job. He's trying to play a position that he's not really suited for. Um, but look, you know, uh, I think he had one clearance and three interceptions throughout, and that's that's not great. It's not bad, but um, he, to me, he loses the ball too much. Yeah, he does. He does, and it was clear yesterday. And you know, half the time I was screaming, getting off the pitch. To be honest, which I will say. Um, That's only because you wanted Wilmot on. Yeah, I wanted Wilmot come on. Yeah, because uh, we looked a hell of a lot better when he came on. And <laughs> the this this this, <laughs> this jump's getting a bit tiresome now. Um, and I thought he was poor yesterday, so I'm going to go over five. I'll be I'll, I'll leave it to that because I don't want to start hailing abuse. It's right. um, Right, so we know, we'll now go into the, the manager's favourite pet, uh, Remain Sawyers. As I've said before, I think Remain Sawyers is far more suited to uh, when, we're, when we're in control of a game and, and if we're against a team that we're expected to win and we're under less pressure. But having said that, yesterday I thought he had one of his better games and his pass for, his pass for the goal was outstanding. 
Um, it was a lovely pass. He did a, uh, he did a lot of good work yesterday, but for me, on 60, 65 minutes, he fades away a bit, and that could be because, as I've said before, I think his legs aren't as good as they were. They've gone a bit. Um, but, you know, yesterday he was... He was there or thereabouts, so he's getting a seven from me. Uh, he's getting an eight from me, Romain Sawyers, actually, uh, from yesterday. I thought he was brilliant, to be honest. Yeah, he, he started lagging off a bit towards the end, but let's be honest, he hasn't been playing a lot of football over the last two years, so at the end of the day, it's, he is going to be a bit rusty. But I thought his pass for the goal was what Joe Allen should be doing. I thought it was a beautiful little ball through the middle. And he was doing a lot of good little connection passes with the left side and the right side. And I thought he played really well yesterday. And it's the okay. first time I'd looked at him and gone, yeah, I could see why we've got him now. I still don't see why he plays every week, I'll be honest. But I thought yesterday he did a good job. And I'll give him a bit of credit where it's due. Right, so now we'll move into Jordan Thompson. Now, Jordan Thompson was my man of the match. I thought he was outstanding. And I also thought he was outstanding at Blackpool too. But yesterday, he did everything and more that was asked for him. He he was that central defensive midfielder playing that role, breaking up attacks, uh, scrapping for everything. I thought he was um, slightly better than the per- other person I was thinking about giving the man of the match to. Uh, so for me, he's getting a nine. A nine? Yeah. Right, well, I'm getting with an eight. Um, I thought it was another fantastic performance from Thompson. He's, he's starting to... Proved to me now that he's becoming a starter, not a bench player. And I'm worried that we're going to have to give him a contract soon, before, unless we lose him. Because uh, I know Celtic have been sniffing, or Hibernian, one of the Scottish clubs have been sniffing around him. I thought he was very good yesterday. Defence, even though it's not his role, a defensive midfielder. Let's be honest, this man came in to play left wing. And he's yeah. looking very comfortable as an oldie midfielder. He's, he's looking like a very useful utility player. That, that For me, he's starting to now look like a first-team player. And yesterday he was brilliant. He was brilliant against Blackpool in a role that's not his. You have to give him credit for that. And, and I think I'm, I'm hoping he starts for Northern Ireland in the week. And yeah, he's getting an eight from me. A very good performance. Okay. Right, so we now go into the Scottish lad from Barnsley, which is Jacob Brown. Jacob Brown, I thought, great goal, by the way. Took it well. It wasn't great, but it was great because he scored. And anybody that scores against one of our previous managers in a win for me is great. I almost gave him man of the match, but because I thought Thompson was so outstanding, it was very close for me. I'm giving him eight and a half. Oh, right, so I'm getting with an eight. I thought he was brilliant yesterday, Jacob Brown. Again, fought for everything, like we always know. He took his chance well, even though, let's be honest, he did boot it straight at the goalkeeper again. I was, I was, I was thinking, oh no, not again. But luckily it went in, the goalkeeper went the wrong way. And it was a good take in that goal got us a win and he's, he's performing well Jacob Brown he's deservedly got on the Scottish national side let's hope now this will kick him on full of confidence and we really see a good player out of this out of this lad because I think I think the parts are there I think he's now getting used to being a striker because obviously when he was at Barnes he was more of a right winger and I, I'm impressed with the lad and let's long make continue especially with the goal right super striker at the moment Stephen Fletcher Stephen Fletcher, I was amazed that he took him off when he did because I thought he could have given us another 10 minutes, but clearly he played 90 minutes midweek. I just think I got Stephen Fletcher so wrong when we signed him. I remember thinking, and I've probably said this before, wow, 
why have we signed this bloke? Firstly, he's a Scottish international, and I didn't think they were any good. And secondly, um, he's passed his best. And you know what? Technically, he's incredibly gifted. All the players think the world of him. You can see that the younger players gravitate towards him. Jacob Brown says he's the best thing that he's ever worked with in terms of he's giving him and telling him stuff all the time. And I thought he was outstanding for the time he was on the pitch, so I'm going to give him an eight. An eight? I'm going to go with a seven for Stephen Fletcher. I thought he played well. Um, I thought he's, he was dropping deep a lot to help out. I thought he had a good performance, but I just didn't think he was up there for the crosses that were flying in. And I know because he's 33, not far away from 34. But the last couple of weeks, he's, he's been a bit of an hero coming in and scoring the goals. We looked toothless, and he's come in and looked like a man who can score. I mean, his goal against Blackpool is probably the luckiest one he'll ever have. And I thought he did all right yesterday, and I can't complain. So I'll go I don't know how you can say that was a lucky goal against Blackpool, because, you know, that's the ability of the man. He knew just where that ball was coming off the post, and he just thought, I'll get my chest on this. Yeah, he, he thought, I'll tell you what, the goalkeeper will slap this at my chest and I'll better put this yeah. in. <laughs> <laughs> he, couldn't, he couldn't have done it, he couldn't have missed if he wanted. <laughs> no. Mind you, we've had some players that could have. I know, Mama used to, Mama used to love a miss. He looks like he used to love missing a city, Mama Zanini. <laughs> Still love him to bits though, but you know, yeah. he, used to, he used to miss a city. Right, so now we're going to the subs and we'll go in with Varancic. But Vrancic, the last couple of minutes when um, they were obviously trying to run the clock down, Stoke, the, the play between Vrancic and Soyuz was just great. You know, they were keeping the ball. Because they've got that technical ability and that they have the passing range that they can do those things, it was great to see us being able to keep the ball rather than hoop it up. I thought Vrancic was really good when he came on, but he wasn't on long enough to get more than a seven from me. A seven? Wow. I was going to go in with a, a six, to be fair. I thought he had some good passes, some good movements. But like you say, he wasn't on the pitch long enough to make a ma- major impact on the on the performance. But yeah, it was good. Right, so now we'll move to the next one. Ben Wilmot. Now, Ben Wilmot, you, you're trying to get this thing going that I don't like Ben Wilmot. You, you, cl- you like clearly ben don't Wilmot. like him, Rand. But he, he, didn't, he didn't do enough in... I mean, obviously, Blackpool, it was a... It, it, it was a bit of a torrid time for him and he it got booked and it, I thought yesterday when he came on he was like a breath of fresh air because he got like, all this pent up energy to go wazzing up and down the pitch I thought he did really really well and I'm going to give him a 7 too a 7? no you just, yeah. you just you just put it on this now I'll go with a 6 again I thought he had a bit you know he had a bit of energy which we all know he's got I think I'd like, to be honest I'd really like Seaman as an oldie midfielder and see what yeah, he could do. Yeah, this, but it's not going to happen. I know it's not going to happen because he's not the tactic, tactical mastermind that I am, but, you know, if, if Wilmot plays in that oldie midfield, I think he'd suit him more, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I had a question this week off a family. Well, hang on, whoa, 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 whoa. We'll use three subs. Yeah, I know, I'm going to get to that after, but we're, okay. we're still on Ben Wilmot. So you don't, you don't really think much of the subs, <laughs> then? No, no, not really. <laughs> My mate said to me, he goes, hey, why doesn't Ange like Ben Wilmot? Why is this, Ange? What's going on? Now, this mate, this little mate, is it your pretend mate that goes to work with you and tells you you're doing a good job all the time when no. the boss says you're not? No, 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 no. He, he's, he is from work, yeah, but he wants to know why you don't like Ben Wilmot. Well, you've been lying then, Ian. You've been telling Fitz. <laughs> no, no, he got it from the, pl- from the podcast. What's your name, Ian? His name's Paul. No, he's not. You've just made that name up. <laughs> I've not just made that name. <laughs> you have. I'll get, I'll get him on. I'll get him on. 
I'm going to tell you something now, hot off the press, Paul. I think Ben Wilmot's a decent player. I don't know why I'm being scapegoated about Ben Wilmot. I like him. There you go, Paul. You're working with somebody that's a fraud. <laughs> there you go, Paul. Right, so now we're moving to the last sub, which is uh, Sam Surridge. No, he's the one you don't like. No, yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Well, I got people that I work with who said to me, "Why doesn't Ian like Sam Surridge? So why don't you like him?" Because he's crap. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I couldn't put it better myself. I don't. Um, I don't think he was on. To be fair, I don't think he was on long enough to to form a, an opinion. I don't think he touched the ball very much. So I don't want to give him any marks at all. But if I do, it will be a six. A six? Wow. Yeah. You, you do know... He's only, he's only on for five minutes. Yeah, exactly. How's he got a six then? What, what's he done get a six? Well, I don't know. <laughs> if he had touched the ball, what, oh, that running. Oh, that running gets him a six. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll give him a two. <laughs> I'll, give him a, I'll, I'll, I'll give him a stable five. You know, he came okay. off the bench. He might, he might as well have brought fresh air on, really. Let's be honest, he would have done more. Um, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of Sam Surridge. I don't understand why we bought him. I don't understand why have we bought. I don't understand why we bought him though. What does well, he bring to this have, team? Listen, people didn't understand why we bought Jacob Brown, and now everybody's saying he's done really well. So maybe Surridge is the next Jacob Brown. Lost answer there, Andrew. I'm not going <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not to take that. But we'll see how it goes. Right. So there's an incident in the game. What he mentioned. So tell everyone about it, Ange. situation i've seen i've saw it on twitter i did um i thought it was a very strange thing to do from from nathan jones yeah for, it's not the sort of thing you get michael o'neill doing no well he's he's got a bit of class and he likes yeah, a guinness a of the whiskey of. and the, the thing is with with it is i i don't understand why he keeps doing this clapping you know let's be honest luton's luton's ground's empty all the time so so we're out for him clap there but the, the thing is with him is it I don't know if it's some kind of pass because Timon did nothing wrong through the game apart from a bit of time wasting here and there but not nothing major to go up and have a go at him for. No, 
agree. And I thought it was very petty. And, and one thing will definitely go petty was his his comments at the end of the game, where he was well, talking I mean, about I, time I was, wasting. I was, I was, um, I I did actually hear those live, um, and I couldn't believe it. But let's be honest, it's that's the sort of manager he is. And we used to have the same when when we lost God knows how many matches. We, we were always very unfortunate. The other team were always uh, at fault and that's just the way he is he's, he, he's a very passionate person for the for the club he's managing and um, I believe uh, that some of the Stoke players certainly Tommy Smith who he signed at Stoke uh, Tom Ince possibly and Joe Allen would have had something to say and of course Nick Powell who he wouldn't play at Stoke will have all taken those young players aside plus Timon's own experience and they were very up for that game yesterday. And I'm sure most of that was because of Nathan Jones being the previous manager. And if he could manage against us every week from now to the end of the season, I'd be happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, we did a double against him last year, didn't we, in the yeah. home and away leg, and it was 5 yeah. on aggregate. He's obviously bitter, isn't he, about what happened of his time at Stoke. But Yeah, and I think it's a shame because, look, he's done a great job at Luton. Whether, whether you like him or not, He's done a great job at Luton, and he possibly was the right manager at the wrong time, but what he did do, of course, was play a diamond formation that we had no players to suit. So it was a bit silly, really. Well, yeah, I mean, he bought players that didn't suit us either. It was a strange situation, but, you know, yeah. it was a, I thought it was in poor class. I'm giving him a one. Nathan Jones for that performance yesterday. Oh, are we having to mark Nathan Jones? Yeah, I'm going to give him a, I'm going to give him a one because I thought it was well, bits. Well, I'll give him a three. Uh, that, that's just been... You're just, you're just yeah, brown-nosing now, well, aren't you? I'm a now? Christian. <laughs> I'm an atheist, but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that matters. But um, the, the thing is that I, I thought he was in poor taste. I think it's bitterness because obviously it didn't work out at Stoke. We were that first tough job he had. And it was a bigger club because let's be honest, Luton aren't a big football club. Let's be brutally honest. You know, their their grounds embarrassing. I've got to be honest. I've been there a few times. Nothing against Luton though, because they've been in the top flight. They've been, a, you know, they have done well for where they are, but they're a small giant, if you know what I mean, compared to other clubs. Yeah, yeah. I and, must say the ground leaves a lot to be desired, but you know, um, there you go. Yeah, to be honest, I think um, Anley Town's got better facilities. To be honest. Well, I said that very thing yesterday. But I wasn't sure that I was being fair to Hanley Town when I said it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan of Luton. Right, so now we'll move into the overall rating. Well, I'm going to give the overall rating for Stoke an 8. Are we not rating Michael O'Neill? Yeah, that's next. That's next. We, okay, we do the overall one. An eight. I'll go in with a solid eight as well. I thought it was a good performance. We had a couple of slips, but they didn't take advantage. And then we're gonna to have to quickly talk about that that missed Eddie. <laughs> my heart was in my mouth when that went through, and I thought, yes, somebody's shining on us today. And you, you know, I thought it was a dogged performance. It's something. It's a performance we needed the last two because of how yeah. badly we fell apart and everything over the last couple of games, especially the Cardiff game. I don't think I've ever been that annoyed in my life. But this week. A big improvement, and I thought, yeah, I'll give him an eight. He played well Good. yesterday. Good. Right now, Michael O'Neill, he's gone from three last week. What's he going to get this week? Well, you gave him a three last well, week. That's what and I, I mean. didn't. So, I'd just like to clarify that for, for Paul, who may be listening. Um, <laughs> I'm going in with a nine. A nine for Michael O'Neill? Yes, because he subbed at the right time, he did the right subs, and he showed some class. Well, he always shows class. But he didn't. He didn't get involved in in any of that on-field nonsense at the end. 
Yeah, I'm going to go with a solid eight as well. I thought he was very good yesterday. A big improvement. He's made, obviously, good defensive changes. I like how he's dropped Joe Allen deeper and a good partnership with Thompson. I think the wing-backs need to be released a bit more because I think he's told them to sit back. And I think if we come up against a good defence, we're going to struggle to unlock them unless we get those wing-backs up and down the pitch. But I thought yesterday's subs were right. He bought them at the right time. And yeah, apart from the Sam Surridge substitution, I think it was a, it was a good game. I'm going to give him a good a good eight, good performance okay. yesterday. Right, so now we move into the next part, which is going to be now. Now, obviously, the international breaks next week, so we're going to have to do something different next week. About our internationals, I mean, I'm sure by that time Jacob Brown will have got a hat trick. Yeah, he'll set fire fire in Scotland because let's be honest, like, I can't name a good striker. Can you? No. Ali McCoist, they are. Job done. Okay. Uh, I would have said Stephen Fletcher, but there you go. Oh, yeah, definitely Ali McCoyst. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll we'll go next week. We're going to obviously talk about something different. We're going to put some questions out as well. I mean, you had some questions this week, didn't you, about who everybody thought was their man of the match this week? Did you get any responses for the Blackpool um, game? Yes, I got I got lots of responses, but most people picked Fletcher or Brown, which I thought was. Uh, quite interesting um, and I think strikers are always going to get uh, more of a chance but if, if you if you look you said they're talking about other matches uh, I remember when we did started this pod last week I said now we've got 10 matches that really on paper we should look in, be looking to win well the next home match is Peterborough um, which you should be looking to win you've got Peterborough Bristol and then Blackburn and of those three I suppose Blackburn will be the toughest but having looked at the fixture list, you know, we'd have thought we would have beaten Cardiff, we'd have thought we had a chance of beating Millwall. Um, so you can't really say. And then you look at other matches that took place this weekend. Um, it's going to be a very, very interesting time uh, to see to see what happens. But, you know, going back to yesterday, um, they were saying, the Luton fans, who are obviously as bitter as their manager, were saying, how can Stoke fans watch every week? How can Stoke fans watch every week what, what they saw yesterday? Well, let's be honest, we, we haven't played... The last two matches have been the really get stuck in, grind out a result. Because whatever people think of Michael O'Neill, he might be pragmatic, but he knows he needs to get some wins. Because look at Dean Smith, who's gone from the Villa. He's had five losses. I think he's a really good manager, and they've binned him. Daniel Farker, who, who I don't think... Um, was going to keep Norwich up anyway, by the way. He has a win, and they'd already decided to bin him. So however good Michael O'Neill is, and I think that he's got a lot more time um, than than others because he's, he's stable and, and the, the owners like him, he will, in his own mind, know that he had to grind out those results, not just because of his own position, because, the club, because we're in a league where, again, you look at the league table, Ian, and um, we could drop, if we don't win the next match, we can drop six or seven places. But when you look at what Luton fans were saying about Stoke yesterday, I looked at some of the statistics for this season, and Stoke's passing accuracy is, is uh, over 77.5%. Luton's 66%. We have 52.5% possession of the ball. They have 45 We have 11.7 shots a game. They have 11.2. And this is the best one. We commit ten, ten and a half fouls a game. They, they commit thirteen. So it just goes to show you how myopic you can be when you're looking at your own team. Yeah, it is. It's it, well, it's strange, isn't it? Because it's like when you look at when you ever, if you ever watch the Arsenal fan TV and all that. Because I only watch it when they lose. 
When, when you go yeah, on there, they, they talk about Lacazette like he's one of the best strikers in the world, and it's like, yeah. well, he really isn't. And it's like when we were talking at the start of this season, I was one of them who thought we had a, a proper goal hunter and Sam Surridge quickly got proven wrong with that. And um, the thing is that you, you do sort of prefer your own players and the way you play. You, you, you'll always have rose-tinted glasses for your own football club, whatever happens. Of course you do. Somebody, if, if you're out in, I don't say, Newcastle having a drink, and someone, bloody hell, that's Stoker rubbish, you'd dive at them, wouldn't you? What? Well, yeah. we've done this, we've done that. You know, you, you can't help yourself. But, you know, Luton weird, bitty. Bitty club, Luton. I, 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 I can't imagine living there and watching Luton Football Club and getting to that ground. It must be horrible. I do feel I just couldn't imagine living in Luton if I'm being honest. No, I don't really want to. I'll tell you what, we're, we're going to get a collection together for people, people of Luton. I'll get some donations together <laughs> and help out Luton. Yeah, yeah. Right, so like you've said, we've got a couple of big games coming up next. Um, we've obviously got the international break next week. We're going to have to obviously think of some... Because I kind of special, I'll, I'll think of that in the week before well, we do. Well, that's great. But when you, when you look at the players we've got away, you've obviously got Thompson away. We hope he plays well. Allen away, Bursick away, Jacob Brown away, and then we have got young Tommy Simkin, the goalkeeper, who's been called up for the first time. So I think that's brilliant. I don't yeah. know if uh, Tegel's been called away again. We'll have to we'll have to have a look. But there are lots of players, and I, for one, uh, hope. Jacob Brown plays and I will be watching because I, I think the guy is, is worth watching if you hear him speak um, he's very proud of being selected he's, he, he was talking yesterday about the going off on a on a four day training camp in Spain and he, he, he laughed when I said it's snowing in Spain at the moment he has got a good sense of humour and, and I'm delighted for the lad because if you could see the smile on his face just that he's in a squad it's fantastic for him and he's worked so so hard yeah, he has. He's, he's been brilliant this season. There's no question about it. I think he's our top goal scorer now. Is he close to Nick same, Powell? Same with Nick Powell. Yeah, it's about to say. He's, he's, he's really turned around this season. There's no question. Yeah. But yeah, last season... he didn't want him to play. I know. Paul, uh, he didn't want him to play. I know. Like, at the end of last season, I want him to go out on loan because I thought he needed yeah. it. But to be fair, well, he was playing on the wing, wasn't he, last season? Yeah, and I think there's no doubt that he's worked very, very hard. And good luck to him. Yeah. And good luck to anybody who works hard. And... You know who he reminds me of? You've probably heard this before. He reminds me of a Johnny Walters. He will never stop running for the football club he's playing for. And if he ends up being half as good as Johnny Walters, he'll do for me. Yeah, he will. <laughs> I miss Jonathan Walters, do you? Yeah, I miss his, uh, his little shenanigans with the opposition team and fans as well. I mean, if we just digress him for a minute... I always remember the game at Newcastle when we scored and somebody threw a programme on the pitch and he picked it up and opened it and started reading it and then threw it back. <laughs> yeah, he was a, he was, I love Jonathan Walters. He was a great player for Stoke and always yeah. chipped in with a goal. It looked like he'd get dropped then he'd come back in and do something. Yeah. And that goal Sometimes against Chelsea was in, not... He chipped in with goals for the opposition too. Remember Chelsea? Oh, yeah. Missed a penalty, scored an own goal. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we don't. You've 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 brought the tone down now, and come on. Yeah, but the thing is, we still loved him. That day, nobody got on his back. People laughed, right? And that's because he worked so hard for the football club. And it'll happen with any player that works hard for Stoke City. Yeah, that's Even why we'll take Jacob know, Brown. Jacob yeah. Brown, Ben Wilmot, call them whoever whoever you want. If they work hard for the football club and they put a shift in week after week after week, that's all supporters want. Yeah, it is. it's all about fighting and working hard for it, isn't it? And that's what he does. Yeah. He's, he's a fighter. I like him. I like him. Yeah. He'll do well in his career because you can tell yeah. his physique's changed. He looks a bit bigger as well. Like he's, 
he's trying to become a bit of a powerful centre forward and I think he's for me at this moment in time nailed on to start and to be honest Tyrese Campbell's going to have to improve vastly to knock him out of the team I said this earlier on in the season and I believe it as well I think he's got a good partnership with Fletcher as well and just keep that because the other lads at the moment aren't ready so no and I agree with you and I, talking about bulking up I think maybe Tyrese has bulked up too much which is inevitable when all you can do is go in the gym uh, and I think he needs to lose some of that bulk he's put on uh, and I think it is as a result of gym work not it's not overeating but he's, he's a way off look he's been out for 18 months anybody that expected Tyrese Campbell to come back in and hit the ground running I think is is a bit deluded and I think he's a long way off fitness but you know what we at this moment in time we don't need him to be fully fit if we keep getting the bookings we are I mean we've had a a run of bookings there's two matches got to go through two matches now where those people don't get booked again because then the bookings are are wiped clean the slate's wiped clean and we can start kicking people again but if we have five players out for the same match we're going to struggle yeah, because we can't keep having the yellow cards. I mean, to be honest, a couple of them were a bit silly, uh, and it, it, it's it's just one of them things. And you just stay calm and not get through. Just get through it. Right. So we're moving to the pizza brigade next. Now this is an unknown quantity because other than their striker, Salter Clark is it. Other than that, I don't really know anything about Peterborough. To be honest, I don't even know where it is. I thought it was London, but it's actually no, nowhere, nowhere near, is it? <laughs> Yeah, um, Peterborough, look, I'm going to be dead honest, I know very little about Peterborough, Peterborough Football Club at all, I mean, why on earth would, they've never really been a, a club that we've had to think about much, have we? we you know, no. they're, they're the sort of club that, uh, that we haven't played much, so I don't know a great deal about them at all, if I'm being honest. No, I know they've got a good striker and they've, they've been doing well over the years with bringing players through the lower levels and through youth academies of other clubs and bringing them on to it and then selling them for big money. Um, I can remember the last time they were in the Championship, they had those two strikers, Mikhail Smith was it and I yeah. can't remember the other one. And Ivan Antoni, obviously, the man at Brentford, he was the one who came through at Peterborough as well. They, they, they do seem to find little gems up front, really. We should be pushing tooth and nail to get their striking Coach, uh, scout really because we, we never have any luck when it comes down to strikers let's be honest he might do a good job for us but Peter Bray is a, is a match that I'm expecting a win to be honest they're, they're a team that whenever they seem to do well for periods but then as soon as they get the, to the championship they sort of find their level they're not good enough for that level they're like a, a Norwich of the of League One aren't they where they go up come straight back down go up go straight back down I don't really remember a lot of about them really. I think we played them a couple of times when I was younger in the old second division. But yeah. other than that, I don't really know much about them. But I could I couldn't even name a player. I've got to be honest. But I feel that they're a side that we've got to be careful of and curious of because I always feel that them teams that you don't expect to get anything from are those teams you've got to be most wary of because you don't know what's going to turn up. And I think that's what we've got to look at here. Because I could come out and go, yeah, we're going to comfortably win this 5-0, but the world is they could even beat us 1-0. You never know, do you? Well, Mitrovic scored. Um, they played Fulham yesterday, and Mitrovic scored the one goal. Uh, and I heard Darren Ferguson, who's their manager, you know, Peter Peterborough's manager, saying he felt that they should have got something 
because obviously they're playing Fulham, but they missed a lot of opportunities. And to only lose one nil at home is a bit of a. It, I think it's a, a result. Um, and I think Mitrovic scored about. I think it was about seventy minutes. So, so they did really well. And it, obviously it was level at half time. And you just hope that uh, that's that's going to be the way for the, for Stoke. They can obviously defend because Fulham are a decent team. But look, they lost, and hopefully they'll lose again at Stoke. Yeah, that's what we've got it for. What are your score predictions for that one? Well, depending upon... I always think it's difficult to predict now because you don't know, for example, somebody could get injured, Bursa could get injured, Davis is obviously way too. You don't know what happens in international break. So if we have a full team and a full squad, and maybe Fox will be back available then because we are missing the balance with him. I would I would be very disappointed if Stoke didn't score didn't win by two or three goals. Two three nil. I'm gonna go with another one nil because I'm gonna be safe That's this time. I'm gonna go with a one nil because <laughs> I don't want to start jumping the gun and say well because three nil scares me a bit at this moment in time because of Cardiff. Still brings yeah. back terrible memories. So I don't, I don't really yeah. want to start jumping in going we'll win three four nil because if we hit three goals I'll be more worried if it was nil nil. And yeah, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go confident. I think we'll beat Peterborough, and I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be comfortable. I think it is, but comfortable one 0 A comfortable one 0 if you okay. know what I mean. Where we attack yeah. and you know we get through, but we we are missing Nick Powell at the moment, aren't we? And I think Sawyer's is doing a good job in that role because I like the way he passes the ball. But we're missing his energy behind, and I think if we're gonna properly start beating teams comfortably, we need him back. Simple as that. We do, without a doubt. Right, so we'll go now into the ladies. Please tell me some good news. I wish we hadn't have done this, but uh, Stoke's first team lost 2-0 at home to Burnley and the reserves lost 3-2 at Leicester. Thanks for listening, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to stop doing it last because they're losing every week now, so I'm going to have to fit it in the middle somewhere. Yeah, but but, there's a little way of... uh, not right for the women because obviously you just hope that um, they'll do better but uh, the under 23s played today at Lime Valley and they had a score draw with Sunderland which moved them up to third in the table and they were leading um, 2-1 with about five minutes to go and then unfortunately we conceded an own goal you know uh, the the young boy Tesbol is really one to watch he um, he scored again, had a great save made against him and um, was unlucky right at the end. But Tash and Oakley Booth is, um, is back and, and playing for them. What, what do you reckon about his chances of getting in the first team? Who, Tez Jal or Tash and Oakley no, Booth? sorry, Tash and. Uh, needs a loan spell for me. Um, yes, I agree. I think he needs to get out on loan because the problem is he's come in, there was a lot of expectation that he was going to be a first team player, but... When he gets in the first team, he, he, he looks a bit out of his depth at this moment. A bit lightweight. Yeah, he's a bit too... It's, it's not just lightweight. He, he doesn't bring much to the table, really. He's a good runner, but doesn't really have a good pass at the moment. He's, he, he, he's easy to knock off the ball, which means you can't play him in this holding role that we're playing in. I think he just needs to get out there and play some first-team football on a regular basis to to get some confidence. He's not going to get any confidence from playing the under-23s, especially coming from Tottenham to Stoke. Um, there's a good couple of young lads. I mean, you know, you've got Wright Phillips obviously coming in and pressing, but this Tez Gel, 
he looks like an absolute star of the future this lad we need to tie him down is there any yeah. news on the co on the contract front uh, I think they're still talking to him. I know Michael O'Neill's seen his parents. I think he's he comes from a very, very level-headed family. And I've just realised I made a mistake. I said that the reserves lost, but they actually won at Leicester. Uh, they won 3-2. Wee! So sorry about that. <laughs> Will Shaw and Suckley got two. So there you go, that, that's that. But going back to tennis ball, I, I think he'll stay at Stoke for a while. I think the reason being that we've got an incredibly good manager who... You look at all the young players we've got and all the players we've brought in and they all say they've come for the manager. Whereas in the past, we know in the Premier League and as we were going down a bit, people were coming for the money. Now they're actually coming because they believe in the project or the, or the process or whatever they call it these days that, um, that, Stoke, are, that Stoke are trying to do. Um, Jacob Brown yesterday, I thought it was telling afterwards, he said that when they didn't win at Cardiff, it felt like a defeat for the players too, which was good to hear. He said they still have to believe in the process and, and what they're doing, which means basically they're not going to change much. And I thought one of the things we could talk about in the next pod was, OK, if we're going to continue with the way we're playing, do you think Stoke will be looking to get a central defensive midfielder in the transfer window? Or what do you think they'll be looking for? Because I still think we need a central defensive midfielder and I think we need another striker. Yeah, that's a good question. We could, we could cover a lot next week. We, we can cover maybe what's going to happen in the January window, obviously, and, and we can talk about, you know, who we think we would get rid of if we could and, and things like that. We, well, we, you've got to think, though, um, Ian, while you're talking about getting rid of people, you've got to think that if you were Tom Ince, you would want to go. I, to be honest, I think there's a few. Adam Davies, is, I think, is going to be one that go, wants to go. I'd say Chester will want to pay up and go. Um, I think there's a few that'd want to get themselves out. I think Tash Newtley Booth, for the good of him, would get out. Would like to get out on loan until the end of the season. We're also going to have yeah. to talk about the lads coming back from loan. The two lads from Hartlepool. I think Forrester comes back from Mansfield. Uh, Norton comes back from Cheltenham, and we can talk about them as well. Are they going to go back out on loan, or are they going to extend their loan spells? There's a lot to talk about really when the January windows are coming in. Yeah, and we've got the young lads who are already out on loan. As you say, Connor Taylor's getting rave reviews uh, for his play at the moment. So things aren't looking um, as bleak as they looked to us all after a 3-3 draw last Saturday. Yeah, it's been a good week. And I think that's where we'll leave it, Ange. That's been a good pod co podcast. Thanks for that, Anne. It's a great pleasure. Could I just wish Paul all the best for this coming week, working with the deluded one. And um, everybody enjoy the international break. Well, his nickname's Viper. So if you say that, say that again. well, his nickname's Viper. His nickname's what? Viper. You're know, like the snake. Viper. <laughs> Viper, like the snake. Viper. Yes, I know. I was trying to be sarcastic. Well, listen, Mr. Viper. Right. You don't listen to hissing Sid on the other end of this phone because he's deluded. And I wish you a very good week. All the best. Right. Thanks, Hans. So, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, make sure you like and subscribe to all our social media, the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And if you're a part of iTunes, because we're on every podcast platform, if you're on iTunes, get, please, please give us a five-star review. It goes a long way. Andrew won't be bothered, but I will. I'll be very appreciative. So, thanks for listening. ta -ra. All the best.